Hello and welcome to Victory Briefings, where we use the Word of God for a victorious life. I'm Dwight Hammond and I'm glad you're listening today. Be blessed by the Holy Spirit as He gives you new revelation knowledge through the Word of God. Today I want to talk about the darkened mind. Ephesians 4, 17-19 The first part of this chapter dealt with our relationship with the church. Now we are looking at the believer's relationship to the world. We are in Christ and a part of the body, but we are also in the world where there is temptation and corruption. We have a responsibility to witness to the world, but we must walk in purity and not allow the world to defile us. Don't walk the way unsaved people walk, Paul says, and he tells us why. Their minds are darkened because they believe lies and have not the truth. They are spiritually dead. They have surrendered themselves to all kinds of sin. We could sum up their dilemma by saying that they are walking in the wrong way because they do not know the truth and had never received a life. Only Jesus can meet this spiritual need. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John fourteen six. The truth and the life go together. If you believe God's truth, then you will receive God's life. Ephesians 4, verse 17 tells us, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you shall no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Now we know the word walk here means to walk around. It means to follow, as to um, become a companion or a votary, to go and be occupied with, to walk about. Now the word votary, according to the dictionary, is one bound by a vow, especially a religious vow like a monk or a nun, one devoted to a cause or a study. These people were bound. It was as if they took a vow to live as such. Now the futility of the mind is nothingness, worthlessness. It's used in Romans 8.20 to show the emptiness of the present in contrast with living in the fullness of the future. The thought is not that unregenerate minds are empty. We know that most of the progress of humanity and the technology and the inventions that we have come through uh, unregenerate minds. The thought is that they are filled with things that lead to nothing spiritually. Back in verse 1, we were told how to walk. Walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Now, here in verse 17, we're told how not to walk, as the worldly walk in the vanity of their thinking. Everything you do is based on your thinking. It is man's thoughts that have brought about today's predicaments or blessings. The Word of God was not given just to be studied only, but to be acted upon. See James one twenty two. We must do what he says, if in fact he is our Lord. We know what the problem is. problem is Christians can look and act just like sinners. When a Christian becomes carnal, 
He no longer is led by the Spirit of God, but is controlled by the flesh and can sin just like the world. There should be a difference between the outward life of a Christian and that of a sinner. God hates sin, and in verse 17, he gives us a direct order not to act like worldly people. Now we come to Ephesians 4.18. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Our understanding comes through the mind. That's where we do our understanding and our thinking. And the darkened, the word here means to obscure or make things incomprehensible. The, the word ignorance here is a lack of true knowledge, an ignorance that leads to stupid actions with refusal to take responsibility for foolish decisions. It's someone who is unable to relate, oblivious to the program, and too proud to be wrong. The word blindness here could be translated stupidity or callousness. Paul says in verse 18 that unbelievers are alienated from the life of God. They are separated because they have not accepted the author of life. Refusing to accept Jesus is called ignorance. It is ignorance to keep rejecting the only answer to your problems. This is because of the blindness of the heart. Now I find it interesting that many people have taught that we need to be born again because we've been born only of the flesh and now we need to be born of the Spirit. Now that's an incomplete description of born again. It leaves out an important detail that leads to confusion. It is like saying we do not have a spirit until we accept Christ. Think about it. If we didn't have a spirit, the body of the flesh would be lifeless. I've heard it better explained that we are born anew or born from above, but both of those are still non-biblical. Why not just say it like the Bible says it? We call this regeneration when we're born again. In Titus chapter 3, verse 5, he tells us, He saved us not on the basis of deeds which we did in righteousness, but in accordance with his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. Regeneration, also called renewal, in Romans 12, 2. The people we have been talking about in Ephesians 4.18 with understanding darkened and alienated and blindness of heart, we're talking about something that happened to them. Understanding darkened tells me that it happened to them. And we do know they are alive. They have a spirit. The blindness of their heart tells us that they have a spirit. It just can't see. We are born into this world spiritually alive. Humans reproduce the flesh, but only the author of life can supply the spirit. We see this when we read about John the Baptist. In John 1, verses 6 through 9, the Bible tells us, There is a man sent from God whose name was John. In verse 7, This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness to the light. In verse 9, That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. 
Verse 9 is what I want to focus on. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. Who is the light? Well, we know it's Jesus. Did you see that? God, through Jesus, the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. Mankind is illuminated when we come into the world as living creatures, human beings. Now, this is why I believe that little children uh, go to heaven when they die. But this begs the question, when does the darkness come in? I believe the answer is in the first chapters of Romans. Chapter 1 deals with the Gentiles. and Chapter 2 concerns the Jews. And chapter 3 shows us there's no difference because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. According to Romans 3.23, Let's look at Romans 1, 18 and 19. Romans chapter 1, 18 and 19 tells us, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. And verse 19, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. Now the word hold here is a poor translation in the King James, it's kata echo. Kata means down or against, and the word echo means to hold. So this means, this compound word means hold down or hold fast. Other translations say suppress, which is to restrain or oppress. Do you see it? What do they hold or suppress in unrighteousness? The truth Every man knows the truth. God has put it within the spirit of every man, a knowledge that there is a God. People of the world try to substitute wooden gods, stone gods, even cows, for their true God in order to try to fill this vacuum. Men know there is a God. Romans 1 verse 20 tells us, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. People can understand the invisible things of God by the visible things he has created. Now let's get back to Ephesians 4.19. 4.19 tells us who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness, with greediness. The word past feeling is to become apathetic, has the idea of one's skin being so calloused and insensitive it no longer feels pain. The example of this that comes to my mind is that when I was a kid, I'd uh, have calloused feet in the summertime. And, but, you know, after winter was over with and it started to warm up, I'd go out barefooted and Man, every step I took, I could feel every pebble, and I felt every little uh, piece of gravel, and and so forth. But after the end of the, at the end of the summer, I could walk on, I could walk on nails or broken glass, and it wouldn't hurt my feet. They were so calloused that I didn't have any feeling. And that's what this is talking about. Now, the word lewdness in this verse could be translated licentiousness. The bad guy usually tries to hide his sin. But the man who has this in his soul, 
does not care how much he shocks public opinion so long as he can gratify his desires. This is sin that flaunts itself, throwing off all restraint and having no sense of shame or fear. The word uncleanness here is a broad word, mostly with reference to sexual behavior. Impurity with greediness is insatiably dirty-minded and can't wait until the next opportunity to be lewd or detestable. Unbelievers never seem to fulfill or satisfy their appetite for the works of darkness. Now let's make our proclamation. Thank God I am saved. Thank God I have experienced the miracle of being raised from the dead. My life is not futile, but full of purpose. My mind is filled with the light of God's word, and my heart has the fullness of God's light. I give my body to God as an instrument of righteousness, according to Romans 6.13, and not to sin for the satisfaction of my own selfish lusts. In every way, I am different from the unbeliever. Glory to God. Amen. I hope you are subscribed and will make it a part of your ministry to share this message with others. God bless you, my friend. This program and other materials are available at victorybriefings.net.